What's up, world? What day is it? It's Friday, and this is another segment of the Free Indeed Friday Podcast. Good morning, family. I'm just trying to help you make it through life's traffic. Go. <laughs> Church all your life. Yeah, boy. I'm a church 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 boy. I'm a The weekend is upon us. I hope you're planning to be in somebody's house of worship on Sunday. But let me encourage somebody today as we end this work week. Make sure you take some time to enjoy this life. Spend some time with your family if you're married. Spend some time with your spouse if you're dating. Kick it with your boo. Hang out, watch a good movie, go out, eat uh, some good food at a restaurant. Make sure you wear your mask and social distance and all of that stuff. Don't forget that. It's so important. But anyway, I do want us to get to the point where we understand that we have a blessed privilege to enjoy this life. God wants us to enjoy his bountiful creation and his bountiful blessings in our lives. So enjoy. Listen, let's enjoy. Let's start off this way. You know, free funny, right? Say I'm funny. Anyway, check this out. These are just a few quick one-liners. What time of day was Adam created? What time of day was Adam created? Just a little before Eve. (laughs) Yeah. Why did the unemployed man get excited while reading his Bible? He thought he saw a job. (laughs) Get it, Job is spelled the same as job. Man, listen, that is hilarious. You heard me. I got one more and then we're going to move on. Why do they say a man at the end of a prayer instead of a woman? The same reason we sing hymns instead of hers. <laughs> hey, man, y'all know on our Free and D Friday podcast, I use uh, this time to kind of dig into my music bag. And share music from my catalog that spans almost 30 years. And so today, I'm going to play some of that good old free time music, you dick. Listen, I don't care what nobody say. Your boy D-Free is the mixtape master. I've done a bunch of song flipping over the years. And so as a part of my catalog, I got a bunch of dope uh, songs that I flipped on mixtapes. This one is a blast from the past. Lil' Kim had a song called Lighters Up, and I pulled in some of Austin's finest, Proof, Blue, and James Ryan, and we did a flip to Lighters for the National Baptist Convention of America Youth Convention. Here it go. Good morning, children of God. You are the light of the world, a city set up on a hill that cannot be here. You are the salt of the earth. It's time to get to work if you belong to him. Yep. 
And us that come with sequels Us with sequels You can find us under the steeple Dog don't comprehend the light That yo ain't quite that equal Just because you come to church Cause that don't mean fecal Disregard with false prophets Teacher If you're gonna be a light Then you gotta shine bright in the dark Cause the words say Cause it ain't no light in the dark So without Christ Yeah you might miss the mark In fact you whistle If you got a light We're gonna let it spark We interrupt these messages of evil I'm talking about sex, lies, drugs, and videotape. Just tell the people of God that Matthew chapter 5 says it's time to stand up. Get your light. California. It's time to light it up. Midwest. It's time to light it up. St. Louis. It's time to light it up. Shot time. It's time to light it up. And New York. It's time to light it up. Highlander. Time to light it up. Austin. Time to light it up. Beast time. Time to light it up. I got him screaming now, put your lighters up. But since I got saved, I put the weed in the lighters up. They're trying to quiet us. But we let our light shine because our faith requires us. I tell you what, I'm tired of. A world that says I'm different because of the way I'm living. Don't comprehend by God's grace or how it's given. Turned away from religion by hypocrites and tradition. I let my light shine so people see how I'm living. Righteousness is a given. I made a lifetime commitment. Get into heaven, it's gonna take some persistence yeah. With a little resistance, discerning the right decision <laughs> Just look to the Great Commission My life on fire like pistols, like Chauncey Billups for instance Just call me Hot Boy, cause that's just who I am So I put up my lighter every time that I stand I got him screaming It's time to light it up Texas It's time to light it up Louisiana It's time to light it up Florida It's time to light New it Mexico. up New Mexico Hey Time to light it up Mississippi as you can see, your boy don't be playing no games. Big shout out again to Proof, Blue, and James Ryan, some of the greatest rappers alive, real talk. I appreciate the fellowship over the years, and we've made some decent music over the years. And those are all uh, artists par excellence in their own right. You can check out their music, I'm sure, on all streaming digital outlets. I want to go ahead and get to the word today. Last week, 
I led you into a sermon series that I preached at the Abundant Life Church entitled, I Won't Complain. We're dipping into this series because the people of God simply do too much complaining. And so I was leading my congregation through this teaching where God has taken the children of Israel from bondage into the promised land, and they just complain in every step of the way. Hopefully this word blesses you like it blessed me, and it blessed our entire church fellowship. Here it is, part two, I Won't Complain. So I started a sermon series last week called I Won't Complain. I could tell by your engagement, your interaction, that it was a word that maybe we didn't want to hear, but we needed to hear. I won't complain. We call part one just ungrateful, just ungrateful. Uh, And we're going to move forward in that same series, that same vein. Uh, We'll we'll be uh, on this subject matter for a little while now. Uh, So Numbers 11, we're going to pick up where we left off. Numbers chapter 11. And I'm going to start reading at verse 10. So we'll go back a little bit in the chapter and then move forward. Numbers chapter 11, starting at verse 10. Let me hear you uh, with the pre-word mantra. This is my Bible, the infallible word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can. The promises of God are sure in my life. That is a man. Numbers eleven ten. 10. Uh, Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance of their tents. And the Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Verse 12, did I uh, conceive all these people? Did, Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I found favor in your eyes and do not let my face, uh, my own ruin, and do not let me face, excuse me, my own ruin. The Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people and have them come to the tent of meetings that they may stand there with you. And I will come down and speak with you there. And I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. Verse 18, tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. And the Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat. We were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. You will not eat it for just one day or two days or five, ten or twenty, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wailed before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? Moses said, here I am among 600,000 men on foot. 
and you say, I will give them meat to eat for a whole month. Would they have enough if flocks and herds were slaughtered for them? Would they have enough if all the fish in the sea were caught for them? The Lord answered Moses, is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you. Verse 24, so Moses went out and told the people uh, what the Lord had said. And he brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. And then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him. And he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. Verse 27, a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, uh, who had been Moses' aide since his youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all of the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Now a wind went out from the Lord and drove quail in from the sea. It scattered them up to two cubits deep all around the camp as far as a day's walk in any direction. All that day and night and all the next day, the people went out and gathered quail. No one gathered less than ten omers. And then they spread them out all around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth and before it could be consumed, the anger of the Lord burned against the people and he struck them with a severe plague. Therefore, the place was named Kibroth Hatava because there they buried the people who had craved other food. From Kibroth Hatava, the people traveled to Hazaroth and stayed there. This is the word of God for the people of God. So this is I Won't Complain Part 2. And I want to just go ahead and tag this text. You just complain, complain, complain. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor if you're sitting in the room or if you're at the house with the family. Look them in the eye. Tell them you just complain, complain, complain. Type it in the comment section if you're somewhere by yourself. You just complain, complain, complain. This week, uh, we continue our series designed to curve our complaining. Uh, there are no coincidences with God, so it is not by chance that God gives us this word in the midst of a very difficult and trying time. For many of us, this season is marred by the loss of loved ones, damage to dwelling places, a persisting pandemic, an uncertain economy, and people taking advantage of the weak and the vulnerable. No confidence in the powers that be. And if you're not careful, the human inclination, the natural tendency, 
is to start complaining. Yet the mandate of the word of God, at least for ALC in this moment, is very clear. Stop complaining. Somebody type that in the comment section for me. Stop complaining. Here it is. The truth of the matter is many of us may have suitable things that are worth complaining about in the minds of other people. But God requires of his people to have a different mindset. Stop, stop, stop complaining. I, I know things aren't going exactly the way you wish, but stop complaining. That, there's a little pain in your body. That, that's a nagging pain you can't get rid of, but stop complaining. Your marriage is not perfect, but stop complaining. Your children are on your last number. Stop, 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 stop complaining. Because the truth of the matter is, things may not be the way we desire, <laughs> But they are far better than we deserve. I need nine of y'all to go ahead and testify. Things may not be the way I desire. Oh, but they are far better than I deserve. God's been good to me. Far better to me than I've been to myself. And so, sure, it may not be to my liking. It may not be 73 degrees in my life. But it's far better than I, than I deserve. And so, it's unfair. And it's unfortunate when the people of God are guilty. You just complain, complain, complain. If you can't say amen, say, Lord, I'm sorry. Here it is, a couple things out of the text. We're going to pick up where we left off last week, and then we'll be done. Remember, at the beginning of the chapter, they are complaining about their misfortune. Oh, how misfortunate that they were in slavery. God heard their cry, and he delivered them. Oh, how unfortunate that God has brought them out of a terrible situation into a better situation and is leading them into the promised land. But they complained about their misfortune. He sent fire, start burns up, burning up the camp. And then the word of God says that Moses cries out to God, and God reverses the curse. And so here it is. Not even a chapter later. <laughs> We're talking verses later. The same people start complaining again. This time it's not about their misfortune. It's about their menu. They, they're like, why, why do we have to continue to eat this, this manna? That's the first thing that the text uh, tells us is that they had a complaint about their food. God, here it is, in the wilderness is providing for their needs. He, he has blessed them with this manna. That word literally means what is it? They have no idea exactly what it is, but they know that the heavens have opened up every morning uh, to make sure that they had food to eat huh? and while they can appreciate it for a moment that heaven is feeding them a day comes when they say we sick and tired of manna we need some meat how amazing it is that these people have lost sight of the fact that God himself is preparing for them breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the middle of a wilderness. But they're missing the miracle there and complaining that they're not getting what they want to eat. I wish I had seven folk in here that would declare, I've been guilty in my lifetime of God feeding me in a place where there was no food. Of God taking care of me in a place where I couldn't take care of myself. Huh? But instead of me thanking God for the miracle, huh? I start complaining about the method. Huh? That God didn't do it the way I wanted him to. Huh? That it doesn't taste like I wanted to taste. Huh? That who I wanted to be there didn't show up. Huh? And I forget to thank God for the miracle. They complained about this miracle manner out there in the wilderness. Forgetting that God has done the impossible just for them to eat. 
But remember, I told you, there's a type that's going on in the text. Because this manna is also a representation of Jesus Christ himself. Or the word of God. Bread of heaven uh, is represented in this manner. And in the same way, in our contemporary culture, there are some folk who have gotten tired of Jesus. Can I, oh, help me, Holy Ghost, that, that Jesus was good enough to bring us through slavery. It's African-American heritage. Month. Jesus was good enough to bring us through the civil rights movement. Je Jesus was good enough uh, to bring us through seasons where we were being lynched and we were being hanged. But you mean to tell me now that you live in a suburb, uh, now that you drive a Benz, uh, now that you got a 401k, you didn't got tired of Jesus. Uh, how was Jesus? Jesus good enough for your parents huh, in slavery, huh, but he's not good enough for you huh, now that you're in success. Huh. I wish I had nine folk that would declare huh, if Jesus was good enough for Big Mama, huh, if Jesus was good enough for Papa, huh, then what makes me think I'm too good for you? Here, here it is. Here it is. They complain about food, but also in the chapter, there's a complaint about fellowship. The people are complaining about the manna. But now the pastor is complaining about the people. I, I, I love it. I love it. Because Moses, now he feels the weight of leading these ungrateful people. And so Moses, he's struggling as a leader because his followers have these grievances, these complaints. Can I pause parenthetically also to tell you, you cannot determine your worth by other people's whining. Help me, Holy Ghost. You ought to write that down. You cannot determine your worth based on other people's whining. Uh, one of the things that you can fall quickly into is the trap of sizing your own success up by other people's satisfaction. Huh? But what I've learned is that people will tell you you did a good job to your face huh? and then go behind your back and say, that sucked. Huh? Or there are some people who will tear you down to your face huh? because they're jealous of what God is doing in your life. You, you simply cannot size up your worth based on other people's whining because their report cannot be believed but Moses is struggling his heart of hearts is broken he goes before God and said God why are you putting all of this on me see Moses feels the full weight of the work he feels like the grievances the complaints of the people are on his shoulders Moses shows us I love this he shows us that uh, don't complain about God. <laughs> if you're going to complain, you ought to complain to God. I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this. Moses is a little better than the people because he's not complaining about God. He, he could have pulled Aaron to the side and said, man, God doing me wrong. God out here messing me up. God doing me dirty. But he doesn't complain about God. He goes and he complains to God. He says, God, this is my problem. God, this is my issue. God, this is how I genuinely feel. And let me rush to tell somebody that God can handle your feelings. <laughs> that many times people would say, uh, don't talk to me like that. But I serve a God who is open and available for me to tell him my heart is hurting. I'm disappointed. I thought you would have done something different by now. My God can handle my hurting heart. And so that's what the hymn writer meant when he said, I must tell Jesus. Oh! Of master, I cannot bear these burdens alone. You ought to learn to have a little talk with Jesus. Huh? Tell him when you're upset. Huh? Tell him when you're confused. Huh? Tell him when you're lost. Huh? Tell him when you're overwhelmed. Huh? Tell him when you're burnt out because he'll listen. 
and hear you when you pray. Moses cries out to God. He says, I've got all of this pressure, all this weight on me. He says, you got me treating these people like I'm their nanny or their nurse, that I'm carrying them from captivity to Canaan, and I don't have the strength to keep on carrying them like this. Can I, can I throw this in here for free? That there are some folk, I was having this conversation with Kayla this week. There are some folk who are constantly complaining because you take everybody else's concerns like they're yours. <laughs> you, you, you never have peace. You, you never have joy. You, you, you're never happy because you're always carrying somebody else's burden. Baby, let me tell you, you've got enough burden on your own. <laughs> you, you got enough trouble and sorrow and heartache of your own that you need to stop inviting yourself into everybody's misery. Yeah, you ought to empathize, rejoice with those that rejoice and mourn with those that mourn, but at the same time, you cannot afford to carry the full burden of what everybody else is going through. Moses, he's making it his problem. And God is about to uh, shift his perspective to remind him this is not your problem. This is mine. And maybe that's what God sent me to tell somebody today in the midst of your grieving and complaining. God says, this is not even your problem. This is mine. You, you're complaining about your finances. He says, I'm Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. It's not your problem. It's mine. God has taken a loved one away and you've started complaining, God, why you take mine? It's other people who are worse than me. And God is saying, listen, I can feel every void in your life. This is not your problem. Huh? It's mine. I wish somebody was filling me in the Holy Ghost right there that would declare that maybe if I start putting my problems huh, in proper perspective huh, and in the proper hands, huh, then I would stop tripping like I'm tripping. Huh? I would stop griping like I'm griping. Huh? I would stop complaining. Oh, help me. Complaining like I'm complaining. It's, it's, not, it's not yours. It's not yours. It's not yours. This battle is not yours. It is the Lord. He said, your people won't meet. Cool. Meat ain't a thing. I'm going to make sure on tomorrow they have so much meat that is coming out of their nostrils. They think they won't meet. Well, I'm about to meet them till they never want to be met again. Here, here it is. Here it is. Uh, and then Moses says, Lord, how in the world do you plan to do this? That if we killed all of the birds and all of the oxen, it still wouldn't be enough to feed my vast army. I've got 6,000 foot soldiers. That doesn't include their families. If all of the sea, uh, all of the fish in the sea were caught, it wouldn't be enough to feed them. Oh, how are you going to do this? And Moses said, uh, said to the Lord, how can you manage? And God says to Moses, hold up, hold up, player. You, you've allowed the complaining of the people to affect the confidence of the prophet. Uh, that, that, that now uh, even people with big faith, faith enough to march the children of Israel out of Egypt, faith enough to watch uh, me drown Pharaoh Nim in the Red Sea. You had that kind of faith. And now you're questioning whether or not I can meet the needs of the desire of meat in the wilderness. Uh, and I wonder, is there anybody that will declare uh, that sometimes I'm complaining uh, because my my faith has been dealt a blow. Huh? That I don't believe God like I want.
once did. And so if we're not careful, we will allow what we see to affect what we know. Moses knew God was a provider. Moses knew God could work. Moses knew God was a deliverer. But now because of where he is and what he is seeing and what his spirit is exposed to and the complaints that he's hearing, he has started to doubt God. Oh, but family, I've got to tell you, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how lonely you feel, no matter how low your bank account gets, don't you dare give up on God. I need seven folk that will comment in the comment section. I refuse to give up on God. I refuse to lose my faith because what I see is not favorable. And so Moses says to God, how could this happen? And God says to Moses, are my arms short? Essentially, God is saying, do you think I can't do it? Do you think I don't have the power, the ability to grow your business, to mend your marriage, to restore your children? Do you think that I don't have the power to remove COVID-19? Do you think that I don't have the ability to pay your bills in a pandemic? I hear God telling us you got to be careful about assessing your situation off of what you see. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Because sight will scare you. Sight will make you stop trusting in God. Sight will make you panic. Sight will make you cry your tears at nighttime and lose rest. Oh, but when you got faith in God, you know that God wouldn't bring me to a problem that he wasn't going to see me through. When you believe in God, you say weeping may endure for a night. Oh, but joy cometh in the morning. When you believe in God, you say things are so bad, they can't do nothing but get better. So I thank God for what's on the horizon. I thank God for the turnaround. Somebody ought to tap somebody and say, I thank God for the turnaround. Put it in the comments section. Text it to a friend. Things might be bad right now, but in advance, I'm thanking God for the turnaround. It's turning around. It's, it's turning around. It's, it's turning around for me. And so there's a complaint about food in the text. Then there's a complaint about fellowship in the text. Thirdly, there's a complaint about fellowship in the text. <laughs> Uh, Moses, he complains to God, this is the problem. The people are tripping. If you ain't going to fix it, kill me. God says, gather 70 men at the tent of meetings. I've got a word that I want you to release to them. And I need you to tell them just like I'm telling you. Uh, tomorrow, they're going to have more meat than they can handle. T tomorrow, in the very faces, what they've been begging for will be in abundance. So much so that after a month's time, they're going to be begging God, begging me to take the meat away. Man, I ain't good enough for you. Cool. I'll give you what you think you want to show you that what you think you want ain't what you really want. So, so there's a complaint about fellowship. Moses does exactly what God tells him to do. He goes looking for these 70 leaders amongst the children of Israel. He gathers them together. But he identified these 70 people because, watch this, God says, you are never alone. 
That's the word that God sent me to tell somebody. You, you're going through a storm right now and you've been complaining. Watch this. Because like Moses, you feel like you're carrying it all by yourself. But what you really ought to be praying is, God, open my eyes so that I can see who is with me. Because I can tell you, you are never alone. Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. But not only do we have a promise of the Son, and not only do we have a promise of the Spirit, but we need to know that we've got the promise of God's servants that are walking with us. I've learned in these past couple of weeks that where I thought I was by myself, I had folk who were right there by my side all the while holding me up, praying for me, interceding, huh? making sure I had food to eat. Somebody ought to say, God, I thank you that there's somebody who cares about me. God, I thank you that I'm not going through this by myself. And God says, Moses, you've been trying to handle it by yourself. You've isolated yourself. I hope y'all are hearing me in the Holy Ghost. You have isolated yourself so you feel alone. But there are some folk who are willing to walk alongside you. You, you, you want to complain so you isolate yourself so you can complain that you're doing it all yourself on your own. But the truth of the matter is if you'll just open up, if you'll follow my plan for your life, I hope I'm, somebody's hearing me because I've seen too many instances people get lonely and they start crying and complaining about how alone you are. But it's because you have isolated yourself. If the men's ministry meets once a month and there are brothers that you could connect with, but you choose to sit in isolation crying, talking about you ain't got nobody, that's your choice. God says there's always somebody who's willing to walk alongside you. Uh, and so what he does is he calls for fellowship. He says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bless you with a group of supporters. <laughs> uh, this is where God blessed me as a pastor, y'all. He says that this group, uh, two things are going to happen for them. First of all, they're going to receive the spirit of the master. <laughs> he says that I'm going to overshadow, overcome them uh, with the spirit of God. <laughs> and listen, if you want to grow out of your complaints, <laughs> if you want to learn how to be grateful, <laughs> you've got to surround yourself <laughs> with people who are filled <laughs> with the spirit of God because huh? if you feel if you're fooling with complainers huh? then you're going to be a complainer huh? if you're kicking it with the ungrateful huh? then you're going to be ungrateful huh? if you're hanging out with the perverse huh? it won't be long before you're perverse huh? if you're hanging out with those who are backstabbers and ditch diggers huh? it won't be long before they ask you to hold the knife or the shovel huh? but if you surround yourself with people huh? who've got the spirit of God in them huh? then the fruit of the spirit huh, will start growing on your vine. Huh? Love, huh? peace, huh? joy, huh? long suffering. Huh? Somebody ought to shout, I need some folk in my life huh, that are filled with the Holy Ghost, huh? that fight sickness with the spirit, huh? that fight sorrow with the spirit. Huh? Come on, somebody talk back to me. And so he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a multitude of folk that are filled with the spirit of the master. But let me go ahead and, and drop this in, in, in for free. He says, and Moses, I'm going to take your spirit, and I'm going to put your spirit on them. This is where God blessed me. God, God made it very clear to me that I can't get beside myself because some folk are defective or disloyal. Because guess what? Everybody ain't got my spirit. Now, to somebody, that's not important 
because you're saying as long as they got the Holy Ghost, that's all that matters, and that's good, but that's not what the text says. The text says that I'm going to give you 70 people who have received my spirit, but then they resonate with your spirit because <laughs> it's hard to lead a congregation of folk uh, who can't connect to your spirit. Help me, Holy Ghost. It's hard to encourage folk uh, who don't have the same spirit that you have, uh, who don't have the same vision that you have, uh, who don't have the same passion that you have. Uh, somebody ought to say, Lord, send me some folk uh, who got a spirit that will resonate with mine, uh, who understand what it's like to put in extra effort uh, above and beyond because God is worthy of it. Uh, folk that believe mountains can be moved. Uh, if we speak to them by say, I'm going to give you folk with my spirit, but then Moses, I'm going to give you folk with your spirit. And then here it is. God does just as he says. They're gathered together at the tent of meetings. God pours out his spirit and he distributes the spirit of Moses on them. But then the word of God gives us a very interesting side note uh, that there were two fellas, Eldad and Medad, whose name was on Moses' list. Help me, Holy Ghost. But they didn't come to the meeting. They had been identified with Moses, by Moses. But they decided to stay in the camp. I don't know why. Maybe they had beans cooking. I, I don't know why. Maybe they were trying to uh, scoop up a young breezy from Israel. Maybe, maybe their feet was hurting. Maybe they stayed out clubbing too long. And I don't know what it is, but they, they missed the meeting. But God's spirit falls on them as well. Don't miss this. Because we've got to understand that everybody won't get it the same way. In the kingdom of God, we may all have the same Savior and all have the same destination. But we are not the same. God created you to be you. And he created me to be me. And as long as we're in the same camp, in the same kingdom, I ought to be able to respect the way you got yours. And you ought to be able to respect the way I got mine. Everybody's not going to be educated. And everybody's not an entrepreneur. Everybody didn't grow up in the church. And everybody don't have a history of living out there in them streets. Everybody doesn't have the gift of singing. And everybody is not called to preach. God gave you something and he gave me something. And sometimes he gave it to us differently. So there, there they are prophesying in the camp. And somebody brings word to Moses. Hey, Moses, Eldad and Medad are back there in the camp prophesying because they got the same impartation that the other 68 got. <laughs> and God honored Moses' list. Ah, if I had time, I'd camp there and talk about how God will honor Moses' list. The people that Moses has put before God, God will honor that even when they don't do what they're supposed to do. Uh, but, but the word of God says, uh, Joshua, Moses' assistant, his soon-to-be successor, he interjects and says, oh, no, oh, we, we can't have that. They, they didn't come to the meeting. They, they can't afford to participate in the ministry. We, we, we can't have no outsiders on the inside. And Moses quickly rebukes Joshua. He says, you tripping. God did for them what he did for y'all. And at the end of the day, I'm rolling with God. As a matter of fact, I wish all of y'all had God's spirit. It'll make it easier for me to go forth leading you. But what Moses understands is God is doing his work. And so you need to cease your complaint about the fellowship. I've learned that there are some folk who come to church just to complain about church folk. There are some folk that keep showing up just to talk about 
about how everything ain't right. And you got the audacity to think that you have the ability to judge. Your life is raggedy. Your faithfulness is fickle. Your service is slacking. How you fix your face to think you can complain about somebody else in the fellowship. And so there's a complaint about food. There's a complaint about fellowship. Moses complains about the followers. Then there's a complaint about fellowship. This final thing, I'm through. I won't even expound on it. There's a complaint about the fix, if you're right and write that down. They complained about the food. We, we tired of manna. We want meat. Moses complained about the fellowship. Lord, you done gave me some fools as a flock. They complained about fellowship. Joshua gets beside himself because two men didn't show up at the meeting and still got the same impartation. But then finally, there's a complaint that is not verbalized, but it's in my mind about the fix because God does exactly what he said he's going to do. That's the word that somebody came to receive. God will do exactly what he said he would do. You, you get that down in your spirit. God will do exactly what he said he would do. And so on the next day, the Bible says there is a wind that blows in this insurmountable and innumerable amount of quail <laughs> around the camp. Now Moses says, how in the world is this even possible uh, that there would be so much meat that folk get tired of it, even if we had a slaughter or if we had an amazingly successful fishing excursion? Huh? It wouldn't be enough to feed all of these I'm going to go on and cut this off right there Because as you could tell It got pretty ugly after that uh, That was part two of I won't complain Call that sermon You just complain, complain, complain Excuse some of the sound quality uh, That was from worship experiences Recorded outdoors Anyway, if you want to be a part of the ALC Worship Experience, you can catch us live on Facebook Live or YouTube Live um, every Sunday, 12.02 p.m. If you want to support Free Indeed Ministries, go to our website, www.free, the letter ministries.com Come and you can get all types of free indeed ministries products there. As I said last week, I'm about to release another book at the end of this month entitled Dear Young Pastor. But it's not just for pastors, the whole body of Christ could benefit from these principles and these uh, kind of advice letters that I'm writing. Anyway, each week I try to give away some flowers. I almost forgot. If you want to cash at me, you want to be a blessing, feel free. It's my dollar sign, my name, D-E, capital C-H-A-R-D, Freeman. All run together. Let me give away these flowers real quick. I'm giving away flowers today to my cousin, my beautiful cousin, Geraldine Gibbs Harrell of Houston, Texas. I don't even know if she listens to my podcast. I know she is a faithful supporter for our worship experiences and our teachings throughout the week. And God just had her on my heart this week. She celebrated a birthday this week. But Lynn has been a tremendous supporter of myself and Kayla and our ministry down throughout the years. As I said, she's a resident of Houston, Texas, but she supports us all the way in Austin in a very uh, tangible way, in a very regular way. Throughout the years, she's been a blessing to our family in numerous ways. Not just financially or monetarily, but with words of encouragement and support and love. 
And she does it all just because she loves us. Uh, Lynn, I want you to know that there have been times in the course of my ministry where literally your support, you and Stanley, uh, has literally willed me to keep going. Uh, Just knowing that somebody loved us and believed in us enough to continue to kind of remain in our corner, it has been uh, invaluable to say the least. And then to know that Lynn literally watched me grow up. Her mom, my my Aunt Geraldine, um, was my earliest child care giver. And so she knows the the worst of me and still has managed to respect and value me as a man of God. And so, cuz, I want you to know how much I love you. I appreciate the person you are, the spirit in which you exist and live your life, how you're so encouraging and wonderful uh, and positive in the lives of so many people. And so, Lynn, if nobody else tells you they love you or how much you mean, I want you to know your little cousin, Deshard, loves you all the way to heaven and back. So take these flowers, girl, (laughs) while you're still alive and can smell them. Or while I'm still alive and can give them. Either way it go. Y'all, it's been another Free Indeed Friday podcast. It's the re-up, you heard. Anyway, before I let you go and get back to your day, uh, let me pray for you. Uh, Again, I do hope and pray that the time that we've spent together, the content has been a blessing to your life. Let's look to the Lord. Most holy and righteous God, it is to you we give the glory. It is to you we give the praise. Lord, you've done so much for us. It's just appropriate that we take this time to bless your name. Thank you, Lord, for the things our ears have heard and our hearts have felt thus far. As we start this day, we ask, Lord God, that you would order our steps, navigate our circumstances, move on our hearts that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in the world. Father, I want to thank you for each and every person that took the time out of their day to listen to what you've laid on my heart, to the music, to the message, to the jokes. I pray that it is a positive light in their lives. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless us all. And I mean, bless us real good. Bless our health. Bless our finances. Bless our families, Lord God. Bless our hopes and our dreams. In the name of Jesus, we pray that you would enlarge our coast, enlarge our territory, give us more influence in the world, that we would serve this world by being the light of the world. That's what you called and commissioned us to be. Lord God, I thank you right now that we are victorious, that we share victory in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that it can be no other way because our champion, even Christ, has already won the victory for us. And now, Lord God, I pray that you would remove the spirit of complaint. I pray, God, that we will constantly be focused on those beautiful and bountiful things that you've done in our lives. And when the enemy comes to tempt us to try to complain about the things that we face and experience, let us always remember that things could be much worse. God, you've been good to us, better than we've been to ourselves and definitely better than we deserve. I command a blessing over your people. I declare that we shall live and not die. We are the head and not the tail, victors and not victims through Christ. Jesus that loved us. I pray, oh God, for our government. I pray for leadership in this season. I pray, Lord God, that you would remove sickness from the land, that you would bring the pandemic to a halt. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray against any spirit that's not like you. Hatred, division, racism, selfishness, Lord God. I pray against the spirit of manipulation that's running rampant in the earth. I bind any spirit that's not like you in the church. I pray that your people would live as love and light in this world to point those who are lost to 
Calvary's cross to declare that there is a Savior who loved us so very much. He gave his very life that we might live. Father, we ask all these blessings in your darling son Jesus' name. Today's going to be a wonderful day. Today's going to be a powerful day. Today's going to be a potent day. It is the, the, the first day of the rest of our lives in you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray and ask these things by faith. And every believing heart said amen and thank God. Family, this has been Pastor Free with another Free and Deep Friday podcast. I'm about to sign off, but be sure you tell your family, your friends, your cousins that the Free and Deep Friday podcast is up every Friday. Be sure you subscribe so you get notifications. It's Pastor Free. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Ah, yeah. Forever.